Hello listeners, welcome to Injury Times Footnote, an interactive session where we answer the questions posed by you. With me, we have Debayan here. And uh, let's get right on with it. The first sure. question comes with comes from uh, Naveed Ahmed, who says, David Robertson, who is the uh, real Kashmir coach, technically flexible or uh, defensive in his approach? Um, I think a bit of both. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, essentially their whole game is based around defense. I think that's that's a sensible move because that's what you need to do in the I-League. I mean, recent years have shown that Minerva Punjab have been quite defensively well organized. Eyes well. were very, very defensively organized. Uh, even before that, even know, BFC, Bangalore, FC, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you you have to first sort out your defense, as they say, like you know, defenses win you leagues, attacks win you tournaments, or attacks win you matches. So, uh, defensively, you have to be solid and tactically flexible. Yes, to an extent. I mean. You look at somebody like Mason Robertson, started off at centre-back, suddenly now playing as centre-forward. And obviously he saw something there, I mean he saw that with his height he was proving to be a little bit of a handful from set-pieces. And that seems to be the basic mantra for Real Kashmir, uh, that, that you take the team to, uh, take the opposition deep into the game, get a set-piece, you know, nick a header, get a win, that's it. And why not, I mean if, if it helps you win a league then uh, who's, who's anybody else to complain? So, uh, there is an interesting outtake to this because like you said, sure. we have seen Bangalore has won it in the first year sure, of their sure. thing, Aizwal, Minerva. Now it looks like Chennai is up there, yeah. Real Kashmir is up yeah. there. Uh, of course, the Kolkata teams are also there, but the smaller ones are also challenging for the title. Why do you think there is this... Because for years it used to be the Dempos yeah, yeah. and the Bagans and the JCTs. What changed? Churchill as well. See, also what's changed is so many of the clubs have disappeared. Hmm. So, uh, there, are there are two ways are no of power looking at it. Yeah, exactly. There are two ways of looking at it. One is all the traditional rivalries are more or less gone. I mean, there's only the East Bengal Mohan Bagan big rivalry, so to speak. Uh, the only derby in India, or one of the only derby. In I would say the only derby in India. Really. <laughs> I mean, I don't think any of the others are yet in that uh, situation. Uh, even if the marketers don't believe that. Um, the the other part is that if you're looking from the outside, if you're a player, say, coming into India now, earlier there were a few clubs that you obviously aspired to play for, but now it doesn't really matter. You come into the I-League, you look for the team which has the best vision, or maybe some somebody where, uh, a club where maybe somebody you know is a coach or a player and recommends that, yeah, you know, this is a good place to come to and this is a good place to live in, this is a good place where your family can also settle in. So those factors are coming into it as well, and that's why we are seeing such a churn in terms of the clubs. I mean. Uh, you can't pick one club randomly and say that this one will be a poor one this season or this one will be a really good one this season. I think it's evened out a lot. And we are seeing that reflected in the points table. And I mean, honestly, really, uh, the uh, withdrawal of BFC should have ideally opened up for the Kolkata clubs to you know, reassert their uh, old supremacy. And they just missed the bus because of their poor management and everything. I mean, Two years running. Absolutely. I mean, they should have been the ones really vying for the title both seasons, but uh, they've just slipped along the way. If anything, Mohan Magan was probably a better team uh, than they have been over the last couple of seasons back when BFC was still in the IV. Yeah, and uh, now just shifting to the next guy, the question comes from Arpan. Minerva um, Punjab, they have a deal with Munchen Gladbach in uh, Germany. He's asking if they're asking for any financial assistance to move into the ISL. Uh, so I had a chat with uh, people in the club and stuff like that. I don't think they are getting any financial assistance from there. They are just uh, more about youth development because Munchen Gladbach is a club that is very, very famous for developing players. 
Currently, you have Marco Royce, Marco Marin, Mark Andertastic, and all of these guys came through their rankings. So, mm. uh, just as uh, there is some coaching assistance as well for the senior players, sure, and exposure tours and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. Just, do you think there are a lot of times these foreign clubs come to India? They have some, you know, ideas or whatnot. Yeah, but. Uh, Legitimacy is a question that is always called into. Yeah, because I I remember about uh, maybe about 12-13 years ago, uh, JCT had a similar uh, deal as well with Wolverhampton Wanderers, and it was in the news to begin with, and there were a couple of visits I think from some of the Wolves people, and but it just really never took off. I mean, I guess there was a little bit of that exchange element even back then. Some of the juniors from JCT did get to probably go to England and train. But yeah, I mean, there needs to be a longer-term vision, and I think uh, most of the European clubs which come into the Indian market know that they are looking to just expand their market. I mean, I don't know if uh, philanthropy is really the thing. But let's hope this one is something let's because so. uh, yeah. Minerva and do produce a lot of. Good yeah, and for Minerva, I think they have been keen on joining the ISL, but I don't think this is the route that they've been looking to take. I believe that uh, part of the reason why they tied up with Apollo Tires was to have you know enough funds to be able to bid for an ISL place, but. Uh, we have still yet to see uh, if that will be a reality uh, next season. Talking about joining ISL, uh, the second question comes: If RPG invests in Bagan, will there be an ATK next season? Because as it stands, it yeah. looks like ATK and Bagan are going to be. Yeah, it, it's it's quite likely that ATK will cease to exist. Maybe they'll take over some portion of Mohan Bagan in terms of branding, in terms of some name, leveraging that brand. Um, and. From a business perspective, it would seem a sensible decision because ATK over the last couple of seasons have been poor. They've also been uh, really poorly attended. Their games, their performances have been quite subpar. So all that said and done, and I mean there isn't really much space for too many clubs out of Kolkata because we know that Mohan Bagan and East Bengal occupy such a massive mind space in terms of fan following. It's very difficult for a new club to come in and suddenly try and challenge that. So I would think, yeah, I mean, it might be a consolidated club which could be playing in ISL. It seems to be reasonable also, 100 years plus of history. Yeah, you can't just wipe it off. Absolutely. I mean, they would be very silly to do that. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm talking about the uh, Chennai City loss that they went through. What does this mean for the title race? Well, in theory, it does open it up. But if you look at the uh, fixtures that remain, then Chennai City still have the upper hand. I mean, uh, they only play one of their remaining matches against one of the title contenders. It's a tough match away to Churchill Brothers, so they've got to try and aim to at least get a draw out of that. Uh, but knowing them, they'll probably go for a win. <laughs> so that should make uh, for a good match. I think that's. Uh, Sometime soon in February, maybe February sixth or February tenth. So that I think could be one of the title deciders of the season. But yeah, it's still Chennai City's uh, title to lose, and the other teams really have to keep consistently winning to post any pressure. And the last question that he has asked is about the Kolkata Derby. What did you think of the Kolkata Derby? Jobi Jastri. Yeah, good player. And I mean, what I really like about him is that he keeps, uh, you know, keeps trying to improve and keeps trying to do different things. Um, when i saw him early on he seemed like somebody who had a little bit of spark about him good pace but now he's added good finishing to that he's able to move off the ball better his assists have been exemplary so uh, somebody who's on the upward curve and i'm sure the india call up will come for him soon and once that does i'm sure we'll see an even improved player from him and i uh, the mohan bagan when he coach uh, khalid jamil yeah. he was in east bengal he was quite uh, impressed with him mm. i wonder why he didn't get more chances then 
<laughs> sometimes your yeah, coaches have their you know strange methods and everything but yeah i mean i think uh, playing in kolkata has turned out to be beneficial for him that pressure of expectations you know coming under 60000 fans and you know needing to perform every time and he's done that across both doubles this year he's scored in both and i think he's become just the sixth player to score for both uh, derbies in one season which is a remarkable achievement i mean that probably includes some real luminaries of the game like bajung butia and all so that's a great uh, company to be in just uh, because i don't really have a gauge of this yeah normally you don't see a lot of players switching uh, between two clubs what Rivals. Yes. But in India, it just seems like uh, that. Although Kolkata derby is a big yeah. derby, yeah. and there's a lot of rivalry, players are quite open in switching between the clubs. Like Bajing has played for both sides. Yeah, but it's not how it used to be. It's it's changed a lot more. So I mean, maybe with the formalization of uh, transfers and everything, there are some hilarious stories about Kolkata football. And let's not forget there was another Kolkata big club, Mohammedan Sporting. Yes. so there was pretty much a unwritten embargo on like you know poaching players from the other clubs but of course none of these clubs gave a damn about that <laughs> they would yeah. approach people they would kidnap people abduct them from the stations uh, take them off the to story, secret yeah. locations yeah absolutely and it's happened to recent uh, footballers as well i think one of the most high profile recent cases was with said rahim nabi hmm. so yeah i mean hilarious things have happened in kolkata football and uh, they are called to different places they are called to different clubs they are expected to sort of you know be unfailingly loyal to the ones that they sign for and when they go to the new club they always get a hostile reception the first time i mean thankfully at least in the i league they always play at the salt lake stadium so it's coming back to essentially the same old uh, home ground but when they play the kolkata leagues and when they have to go play for the other club in their uh, home ground then it can be quite feisty um it's interesting i mean i think the the charm has faded a little bit but it's still quite interesting i'm sure for all these players when they go back to their old clubs can you give one hilarious story on transfers um i think uh, this this is from the 70s i don't remember which specific player but uh, it it actually happened i mean one of the players was coming back i think from india duty and he was pretty much picked up from the station itself and he was taken off to a secret hideout and then what what happened was uh, before the transfer deadline went out he was you know made to stay in a place without knowing exactly where the location was because he was blindfolded when he was taken away and whatever the club officials or some of the guys from the clubs they just spent time with him you know playing cards and keeping him busy and just making sure that the time wore out and he was forced to continue with the same club <laughs> so there have been stories like that i mean i'm sure there must be some more interesting delightful anecdotes which kolkata journalists might be able to dig out for you yeah i i think i read the one that you were talking about when they came in the train and somebody else took him somewhere yeah yeah okay. so it's it's all like you know it's like it's a spy novel completely yeah yeah because <laughs> you don't know who you're going with and you don't know where they're taking you <laughs> so i mean this a lot of charm has gone out with the, like you said the formalization of transfer yeah but uh, anyway this last question is one of those uh, you know thoughts that we like to put out there yeah is the retirement of jerseys now you, you we, that happens quite often with legendary players yeah. maldini and yeah. stuff like that yeah uh, but few clubs mm. i think uh, munchen gladbach being one of them which is the reason why it came in my head and seattle seahawks who is the nfl team in uh, in the us yeah they have retired the number 12 mm. as the 12th man for the fans mm. uh, What is your opinion on retirement of jerseys? I think it's a good it's a decent gesture from a club. I mean, obviously when the more obvious reason is to, you know, commemorate a legend and try and, you know, pay homage to that, then that's that's even sweeter. 
But yeah, even for the 12th man and from a player's perspective, how does it matter? I mean, everybody has their favourites, but when you come in and when you play for a club, like, you know, to begin with, you are initially looking to establish yourself. So you're just lucky to be on the team sheet, whatever number you're at. And yeah, I've had a few chats with a few, you know, interesting players who picked up the number 13 sometimes. So they always say that number 13 is the most unwanted jersey number, which is why I went for it, because I, I said that, yeah, let this be mine. I mean... I'll make this my own identity and I'll you know live up to it. So which is why you'll notice a lot of goalkeepers tend to have number thirteen hmm. because nobody wants it. Or <laughs> <laughs> they might already be a number one. Uh, yeah, I, I guess what Indian national team number thirteen is Ashik. So hmm. it may have happened to him by coincidence, like maybe yeah. just youngest player. Okay, you get thirteen, hmm. or maybe he just you know wanted it. Maybe he asked for it himself. So printing only twenty-three numbers. So. <laughs> <laughs> you have 13. Absolutely. You have like limited resources, so yeah. you make do with what you get. Uh, but by the way, if anybody, I, one, of my, one of my things is I want to go to Seattle to watch Seattle Seahawks play. Because I heard that is the loudest stadium in the world. So, uh, 12th man for them is the 12th. <laughs> yeah. so. Anyway, uh, thank you so much Devine for uh, chatting with us here. I know we are cutting into your time as well. Uh, and thanks to listeners for listening. You can catch us on all podcast platforms. And let's try and make Indian football better. Uh, or at least more visible. Uh, so thank you. Keep listening to us. Keep sending us questions. And uh, till then, enjoy the game.